the old pre-meds podcast session number 344. You're a non-traditional student entering the medical field on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, but now you're ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. This podcast is here to help answer your questions and help educate you on your non-traditional journey to becoming a physician. Welcome to the old pre-meds podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week where I take your non-traditional questions and answer them here on the podcast. If you are a non-trad, thank you for being here. We love our non-traditional students. The majority of students that we work with at medical school headquarters are non-traditional students, typically because they don't have access to advisors. Now we are singing, uh, singing, we're seeing a swing in the kind of the demographics of students that we're working with, two more traditional students, but still a lot of the students we work with are non-trads. If you're a non-trad student, you need some guidance on your pre-med journey, check out our advising services at medicalschoolhq.net slash advising. Go check that out again, medicalschoolhq.net slash advising. I do want to talk about the MCAT minutes brought to you by Blueprint MCAT before we jump into our question Today, did you know Blueprint MCAT is there to help you on your non-traditional journey by helping you plan everything out? Go to blueprintmcat.com today, sign up for a free account and get access to their amazing study planner tool where you can input kind of your expected MCAT test date, your availability, all of your responsibilities that you have week in and week out conflicts that you may have with your schedule and let Blueprint MCAT's study planner tool create the perfect study plan for you. Again, that's free over at blueprintmcat.com. Let's go and jump into our question today all about kind of how do you explain this wackadoodle journey that you non-trads have been on. Our student asks, how do I talk about the fact that I started college in 2011 as a biology major, did not do well, and was not ready to pursue that path at the time? Ended up having a sibling pass away, which pushed me towards social work, and now I'm fully dedicated to pursuing medicine again. Also, how important is research for my application considering my other experiences? It's always that (laughs) research, research, research question. So let's talk about the journey. First and foremost, uh, I'm sorry about your your sibling passing away without knowing any of the details, uh, but losing a sibling is, is definitely not easy. Let's talk about how you explain this journey because a lot of non-traditional students are in this position where I started off pre-med and then I wasn't for one reason or another. And oftentimes it's, I really struggled as a student. I didn't know how to be a good student or I really wasn't pre-med. Maybe I was thinking about it. Maybe I wasn't. But because I wasn't really dedicated on a specific path, then I didn't have to be a good student. I wasn't pursuing anything, so I wasn't driven to be a good student, and that reflected in my grades. And we see that all the time as well. The key for everyone when you struggle with your grades is to eventually show that you don't struggle with your grades, right? It's to show that you aren't going to be an academic risk. Medical schools, first and foremost, need to be assured that you are not going to fail out of medical school. They they have to make sure that you're going to pass medical school. And obviously they can't be 100% sure, but they can be as close to uh, sure as possible. Now, ultimately the question is how do they do that? Well, they do that looking at your grades. If your 
cumulative or science GPA, your, your final science GPA isn't super solid, then let's take a look at your trends. Let me see your early struggles. Let me see your recent triumphs, right? Let me see that post back work, that master's work. Let me see that upward trend. That's what schools are looking at. Remember, schools see all the data. They don't just see that final number. They don't make a final determination just based on the number. Maybe if the numbers are 1.5 or 2.0, 2.5, they can pretty easily make a determination based on that. But they're looking at all of the pieces of data. What are the trends show? So from 2011, which sometimes is good that your grades are that old, you can show recent progress, recent good grades to show that you are a good student. And with those classes being 13 years old at this point or so, right, or more, then you may, you probably should just do a post-bac. You, you either go do a do-it-yourself post-bac at a community college, do a post-bac, do-it-yourself post-bac as a non-degree seeking at a university. Uh, you, you just need your prereqs. I probably recommend you start there. Make sure you do all of your prereqs again, get as close to a 4.0 as possible, and show the medical schools that 2011 student is not 2024 student. That 2011 student was going through some stuff. I ain't going through some stuff anymore, and I'm more dedicated, and I have more personal reasons for why I want to be a physician, so I am more driven to this world. That is the big thing that you're going to be communicating is that student is not me anymore. Yeah, in in your personal statement, you may talk about a little bit of this journey that you've been on. My book, The Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the Medical School Personal Statement, explains a lot about how to tell your journey. And then if you're potentially interested in one-on-one essay editing or our Application Academy, which is our group advising program, to really help you craft your personal statement and your activities and, and your interview prep and all that, Application Academy covers it all we can help you hone that message, right? The message in your personal same is, why do you want to be a doctor? And yeah, in yours, you may have a little bit of this, yeah, I went on this detour, sibling passed away, more motivated, got into social work, realized that wasn't enough. And now I, I am again here knowing and wanting to be a physician. So that's the story that you're going to tell in your personal statement in your application when you're preparing for your interviews, all of that fun stuff, you're going to have to be ready for the why now type question. So really, really need to hone in on all of that stuff with your personal statement and and really just understanding your journey. So uh, very common for a non-traditional student to be in this situation. Again, a lot of the students that we work with are non-trad. So if that's something you're interested in, medicalschoolhq.net slash advising. The other question, do you need research? You don't need research. Research not a requirement for medical school. There may be some medical schools out there that you're interested in that are really research heavy and really want to see research on your application. That's just one of those things where you either play the game and go, I want research on my application because some of the schools I'm applying to want it, or I don't really care about research. I'm not going to apply to super research heavy institutions and you just ignore it. We see students day in and day out 
get accepted to amazing medical schools, even research-heavy medical schools, without any or much research. So hopefully that was helpful. Don't forget to check out blueprintmcat.com for their amazing free study planner and medicalschoolhq.net slash advising for our one-on-one and group advising programs. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next time here on the Old Pre-Meds Podcast. This is MedEd Media.